When Walt Disney World opened in 1971, the Magic Kingdom opened along with the Contemporary Resort and the Polynesian Resort. Join the Disney Planning Insights podcast as we take a deep dive into what makes the Magic Kingdom so special. Welcome to the DPI Podcast, I'm Matt, and today's episode we're going to be going over the Magic Kingdom. This is going to be the first of our park series, and it's a follow-up to our area overview series where we looked at each park and the hotels that surrounded that area. The park series is going to really dig deep into each area of the park, highlighting all of the dining and attractions that are available. I'm going to bring on Peter with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, and he's going to help me explain this area. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. All right, now we have Peter with Princesses and the Mouse Travel. So, Peter, why don't you give us a background on the Magic Kingdom? So, as you kind of mentioned a little bit in the introduction, Matt, Magic Kingdom was the first of the parks built at Walt Disney World when the entire property opened in 1971. The only park you could go to was Magic Kingdom. And to this day, Magic Kingdom is the most populated park every day, almost doubling the attendance numbers of the other parks. Um, the reason for that is because Magic Kingdom is still the flagship. When you think of Magic Kingdom, the first thing you think about is the castle sitting behind me. And in terms of the number of things to do, there is a huge amount of attractions and character meets and dining at the Magic Kingdom. And for that reason, it's the family park. It's where you want to go if you want to get the rides without a lot of height restrictions. And if you just want a sheer number of rides and things to do, Magic Kingdom is the park that you should go to. In terms of its structure, it's built in a hub and spoke design. So I'm actually sitting in the hub and the hub is kind of a circle and the lands branch out like spokes on a wheel heading to all the different lands from this central hub. Main Street USA, Frontierland, Adventureland, Liberty Square, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland are all the different areas that Matt and I are going to talk about throughout the course of explaining Magic Kingdom. So Magic Kingdom is definitely the place that still kind of holds the distinction of being the most popular park at Walt Disney World. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and talk us into arriving at the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, and I think I'm going to take the monorail from the Ticket and Transportation Center. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our final boarding call and the doors will be closing soon. Please board quickly and safely. Our monorail will be departing momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Well, I think I missed my stop, but as you guys can see, this is a great video showing the entrance of the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom is an enormous entrance because it's got the most modes of transportation coming into one area. 
Not only do you have the monorail, not only from the Ticket and Transportation Center, but from the three resorts that border the Seven Seas Lagoon. You also have the bus system, the ferry boat system, the boat system from those three resorts, plus Wilderness Lodge, Fort Wilderness, and coming soon, Reflections. And you have walking trails from the Contemporary and the one that they're building from the Grand Floridian. So you have a ton of people coming into this area. So it has to be a really, really big area. As far as security, if you're coming in from the Ticket and Transportation Center, you're going through security there. If you're coming in through the buses, your security is going to be over here by where that AED logo is. It's going to be right here to the right of the entrance. If you're coming in from the walking path from the Contemporary, it's going to be out there just past the crosswalk as you get into the property for Magic Kingdom. I don't know where it's going to be for the Grand Floridian yet, but I would imagine it's going to be on that walking path as well. So as you come into the entrance, you're going to be greeted with the Main Street train station. And this is going to be the first iconic building that you come to. The Main Street train station is there at number one. And there's a couple of things at that train station that you want to know. To the right of the train station is where you can get your wheelchair and scooter rentals for the park that day. Under the train station is where you pick up your strollers. So if you have any of those items rented and you're picking them up at the park, those are going to be where you pick those items up. If you're not picking up any of those items, take some time and get that photograph right there in front of the train station. It's going to be that first iconic photograph at Magic Kingdom. Once we go under the train station, we get into what's called the Town Square area. So I'm going to move over to Peter and have Peter talk about Town Square. So Peter, why don't you take away Town Square for us? Okay, so as Matt mentioned, he gets us kind of into the park. We see the train station. We have these things. And then what you're going to do after you probably pause, if it's your first time at Disney, you're probably going to pause for a nice photo there. But you're going to head under the tunnels. And you're either going to go this way or this way. doesn't really necessarily matter which direction you go. But you're going to head underneath the train tracks through a little tunnel area. And that's going to bring you out into Town Square. Town Square is this area of Main Street USA right here. And uh, just a couple of things to note about Town Square for you, just so you know. If you need guest services or if you buy something at a shop and need to pick it up on your way out of the park, that's going to happen right here at 2 and 12. So if you have guest needs or maybe you need something for an individual in your party who has special needs or special services, you're going to want to do that right here at Town Hall. If you save your parcel for later, you're going to do that right here at number 12. Okay. So a couple of guest service things for you once you're in the park. There will be other guest services throughout the park, but this is the main one. Um, and then <clears throat> in terms of things to do over here at number five is a really great character spot to meet Mickey and Minnie Mouse, at least Mickey Mouse, sometimes Minnie Mouse, as well as Tinkerbell. And Tinkerbell is a really, really cool character meet. If you've never done it, it's definitely worth the time. And it's over here at number five. Um, in addition to that, there's a restaurant up here in Town Square. Number six is Tony's Town Square Restaurant featuring Italian food and iconic scenes from Lady and the Tramp. 
It's not a character dining, so it's often overlooked. But something that Tony's does have is it has a dining package where you can get reserved viewing for the parade, which is actually a huge benefit because the parade is very difficult to get a good view for unless you're willing to sit down and stake out a spot in, in many cases, hours early. So Tony's Town Square has a parade viewing package where you can see the parade from this area right here. And there's only a couple hundred people in that whole area, not even a hundred people in that whole area. And you get front row seating for the kiddos. You don't have to get there an hour and a half to two hours early. So it's a huge advantage and kind of an insider trick, which now I'm sharing with the world, unfortunately. So it might be more difficult to get that dining reservation. <laughs> um, last thing about Town Square before I head it back over to Matt is right here, number three. Number three is the Red Brick Firehouse. And the Red Firehouse is another one of those like Americana views that belongs in Main Street USA. But housed inside of it is what I consider a hidden gem of Magic Kingdom. It is the location where you start Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom is a card-based game where you get to interact with portals throughout the Magic Kingdom. And the premise is that villains are trying to take over the Magic Kingdom by stealing power crystals. And your job is to use your cards, which feature Disney characters on them, to help thwart those villains and save the Magic Kingdom. And you're enlisted by Merlin from um, Sword in the Stone to do so. Uh, if you have more or want to know more about Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom, I encourage you to look at our special podcast strictly on the Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom, where I explain more about what the cards are and where the portals are located and what you'd want to do. But Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom, especially on those busy days or once you've kind of seen it all, done it all, this is your second, third, fourth trip, take some time to go do Sorcerer of the Magic Kingdom. It's a lot of fun. It fills in those gaps and it keeps your kids excited and, and wanting to do things. Plus, collecting the cards is super fun. So that's the town square area. And then Matt, you're going to head us up Main Street USA and explain kind of what to expect and what you're going to see there. Yeah, so as you go up Main Street USA, this is going to be your main retail center for the Magic Kingdom. On the left side of the street, you've got the collection of the Emporium Shops. And it basically will go from the number 13 all the way up the side of the street to the number 8. It is the huge collection of your Disney-themed merchandise. So think about going to the Disney Store times 10. That's what you're going to find at the Emporium. You're going to find everything there. On the right side of the street is more of your boutique shops. So you've got a glass blowing shop, you've got an art collection shop, you've got a bag shop, you've got the Disney Bakery. You've got a lot of niche shops over there that you can get specialty items and specialty treats. Um, as you work your way up to number seven, that is going to be the Starbucks on Main Street USA. 
and that is the place where you can pick up your mango dragon fruit refresher, a couple of blueberry scones, and you can start your day if you're doing that snack breakfast. Also on Main Street USA, you're going to notice a bunch of PhotoPass photographers. And this is where you get that iconic castle shot. If you talk to anybody that goes to the Magic Kingdom, they'll be able to pull one up on their phone or show you one on their wall that's got that beautiful Cinderella castle behind them. Peter modeled it, but he's off camera, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but there are multiple locations, and it really starts at the back of Town Square, basically where the top of that flag is, where my mouse is, and all the way up to the partner's statue, you can get pictures. So, I know Peter's favorite picture is right there at the, the front of the hub, where you can see the partners in the background, and it's a great picture. Mine's actually a little bit farther back because I like to get the whole castle and, and try and eliminate some of the people if possible with that higher up shot. So, as far as dining goes in this area, 8, 9, 10, and 11 across the back of Main Street USA are going to be your dining options. We'll start over here at number 9. This is going to be the Crystal Palace. This is where you're going to meet Winnie the Pooh and his friends, and you're going to have a buffet-style meal no matter when you go there. Um, it's based off of Friendship Day. There's a friendship parade, and it's a cute little meet-and-greet with the characters. Number eight is Casey's Hot Dogs, and that is a quick-service, uh, counter-service meal. Hot dogs and french fries and that kind of stuff. Number 11 is the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, where you can pick up your treats. Um, a good place to pick up treats right before the fireworks show or before the parade, so you have something to eat. And then number 10 is the actual Plaza Restaurant, and that's going to be a table service dining option to where you can sit down and have some decent food. As you work your way up into the hub, like I said, we've, we've alluded to the partner statue a couple times, and then you have the castle stage at the back side of the hub, and that's where your Royal uh, Friendship Fair uh, show is going to be right now, and it's also going to be kind of the stage for the fireworks show as well. Cinderella's castle is illuminated with projection, and you have fireworks going up behind it, and this is going to be that main viewing area. As far as this little red dotted line that you see coming through here, this is the parade route. Um, so if you're wanting to get a good seat for that parade, this is the area where the parade goes. It's good to know that it does work its way through the park, and it's, it's good to see it in different areas because I feel like there's a lot of good viewing areas and a couple of really sneaky ones where you can get a great view of the castle, a great view of the parade, and, and really get away from some of the people. So that's the parade route, and during that parade time, they will actually block off that road, and you'll see white tape down on the, the road, you'll see ropes up in some areas, and you'll have cast members telling you, get out of the way. So if you, if you get into that area, you'll understand why they're doing it. So our first little jaunt into an, a land today is going to be to the left here, and this is one of our tips, is instead of going to the right at the beginning of the day or going up through the castle to go to Seven Dwarves Mine Train, go ahead and go left here and get into Adventureland. And Peter, why don't you give us a good idea of Adventureland? 
All right. So as Matt mentioned, uh, one of the first tips of ours today is instead of heading up and to the right, heading for Space Mountain and Seven Doors Mine Train, maybe try to head left and take care of an area that as the day goes on, will become busier and busier and busier. So if you come out of Main Street, USA, you can head down this path past Crystal Palace, or if you want to come up into the hub for those photos, you can then head to your first left off of there. But either way, it's going to bring you to this kind of collecting area right in front of a little archway that says Adventureland. And it's a very fun archway. It's kind of themed like um, sort of like tribal type look and everything like that. But as you head into Adventureland, I want to talk about some different things in here of what you can do to kind of have some themed experiences. Um, so first of all, a couple of attractions. 15 is Swiss Family Treehouse. It's just a walkthrough treehouse from the classic movie Swiss Family Robinson. It's a really nice place to go on a hot day or a crowded day to just get away from it all a little bit, decompress a little, maybe take a nice frozen treat in there for, for a nice walk. But it does require quite a bit of stairs because you do have to walk up and down all the way up into the master bedroom, all the way back down. Um, so it's not, there's no ramps or anything like that. So that's important to know for handicap accessibility. Um, you have to be able to transition and go up and down stairs in order to do that. Um, as you come through then number 16 right here, that's the flying carpets of Aladdin. So it's a fun little ride, um, but it kind of puts you into like a bazaar marketplace here. So Aladdin and Jasmine can be met here right at this Mickey head. You've got kind of some shops and snakes and lamps and other stuff through this bazaar. So you have a themed Aladdin area, kind of like you're on the streets of Agrabah right here. Um, then the next themed thing that you can do is comboing 17 with 22. 17 is Jungle Navigation. It is, or sorry, 17 is Jungle Cruise. It is a ride where you pile onto a boat and it takes you through the rivers of the world. But it's not really about the scenery. It's not really about what you're going to see. It's about the skippers. The skippers of the boats are dad joke telling machines. I'll take that as a Nile. Well, everyone, we're on the Nile River. It goes on for Niles and Niles and Niles. 4,000 miles to be exact. And if you don't believe me, you're in. Disbelief. Uh, <laughs> really good job, guys. Hey, forever. Yeah. Over here, we have a beautiful elephant. So it's one of my favorite rides in Disney World, and it's something that when we go to Magic Kingdom, I have to force my family to get on, but I refuse to do a trip without it because it is just hilarious. The skippers have you laughing, laughing, laughing with all their dry humor and all their facial expressions. It is just an absolute hoot. And it is where you experience one of the natural wonders of the world, the backside of water. And as I said, you can make a kind of an immersive experience if you book a fast pass or plan to ride Jungle Cruise right around a time that you have a reservation for 22, which is Skipper Canteen Jungle Navigation. It's a restaurant and the theming 
goes right into there. The premise there is that it is the restaurant for the adventurers club and it's where the boat skippers come. So there's like a boat skippers mess hall and then there's hidden parlors for the adventurers club that all themes together into and the the waiters and waitresses there kind of keep up that dry humor, those funny jokes. Um, so 17 and 22 can get bundled together. The next thing that you can kind of bundle together is 21, 23, and 18. 21 is Sunshine Tree Terrace. 23 is Aloha Isle. If you are looking for a nice, cool treat, look no further than 21 and 23. 21 has variety of soft-served flavors, and they kind of change up their menu offerings for specialized uh, frozen treats. And then 23 is Aloha Isle, which is where the iconic Dole Whip is housed. So that delicious pineapple citrusy soft serve from Dole, and you can put it in a float with pineapple juice. They'll vary it up and do swirls with vanilla or swirls with raspberry. And here's a tip for you. If you wanna go with the float, which is where they put soft serve into pineapple juice, don't go all pineapple Dole Whip. Take the swirl, take the, the vanilla to give you a little creaminess. Otherwise it is just citrus, citrus, citrus on top of more citrus. Um, and I said, you can kind of theme that with 18 because you can take these delicious frozen treats and go relax in a nice air conditioned building. 18 is the Tiki room. It is, it is where the birds sing to you. And it is just, it is a classic, classic hit. And something that often gets overlooked in the hustle and bustle of Disney is to just take a moment and just enjoy the Tiki Room for all of its amazing display. The last theme thing that you can do is over here. 2019 and 24 all fit the same theming. So let's actually start with 20. 20 is often overlooked because it's just a small building off to the left right before you transition into the next land and it is Pirate Adventure. And the way Pirate Adventure works is you can choose one of different treasure maps and it will bring you into Adventureland and have you interact with the landscape. You will hear Jack Sparrow and other characters trying to help you through your quest. And the goal here is to get that treasure and you get to interact with these different things. So you might have an idol raise out of some water or something else along those lines. So it's again, one of those things that you can do at your own pace on those busy days, similar to what I talked about earlier with Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Speaking of Jack Sparrow, you're gonna find him as a character meet, kind of hidden off over here near this restroom icon. And the reason why Jack Sparrow is there is because number 19, number 19 is Pirates of the Caribbean, it is one of the flagship rides. You board a boat, you go and you transport into this pirate world. You see these, these scenes from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You kind of track Jack Sparrow as he's kind of hiding and on a treasure quest to steal a map and key and ultimately find the loot and be sitting on a pile of plunder at the end of the ride. So 19 Pirates of the Caribbean, definitely something you wanna build into your Disney day. And then finally, 24 is Tortuga's Tavern. It has very sparse hours and it's not necessarily open at all times of the year, 
but the big thing there is turkey legs and some other types of fare um, in terms of food. But it just kind of puts together this whole pirate experience here and definitely something that you want to do at Disney World when you're in Adventureland. And as Matt mentioned, head left early in the day, knock all this stuff out before the lines get long because pirates will get an hour long line. Um, Jungle Cruise can get upwards of two hour lines later in the day. But it is something that once you get through your three fast passes, you can typically find pirates and Jungle Cruise later on on the day of. So you can get them as those bonus fast passes later on in the day. So just keep that in mind as well. If you don't head left, if you head somewhere else, you could potentially do this area as bonus fast passes later on in your day. From 24 and Pirates, we're gonna head up this pathway or there is a secret back walkway in here as well as pass-throughs. That was a terrible drawing. As well as pass-throughs here and here to get you out of Adventureland and here closer to the other stuff that we're going to talk about. But um, all of those kind of head you into the next land, which Matt's going to talk about. All right, so now that we're in Frontierland, we're going to start up here at 26, and that's going to be Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's going to be the first thrill ride that you encounter in the Magic Kingdom, and it's one of our top five fast pass recommendations for this park. That with the other two mountains, Splash and Space Mountain, these are going to be the rides that you want to target with some of those fast passes. So Big Thunder Mountain is a mine style roller coaster and it goes through a gold mining town. It's a cool little ride about three minutes long um, and it's got a height requirement for the kiddos at 40 inches. So that's a good thing to remember when you are taking the kids out there. But as far as thrill and fast and everything like that it, it's actually probably i would say a moderate roller coaster it's not super fast it's not no big hills or anything like that so most kids are going to be okay on that um as we work our way back down we're going to come down to 25 and that's another one of those iconic rides and that's going to be splash mountain and it follows brer rabbit through his story and it's a nice long ride almost 10 minutes long and you're going to take and have the chance to get wet on this ride, especially during the summer when they've got a couple of those extra cannons um, off that first drop hill. You could get wet. Um, and then in the front seat on the, the major drop hill towards the end of the ride, you could get wet as well. So think about that. If, you, if it's something that you don't like being wet all day, you might want to ride it later in the day. Or if you want to have some time to dry out, make sure you ride it first thing in the morning. Like I said, with our recommendation to come left through Adventureland first, this is going to be one of the first rides that you probably have a fast pass for, so just keep that in mind when you're, when you're doing this ride. Number 27 is a neat little idea, and it's Tom Sawyer Island. You're going to take a raft from this little boat dock here over to the island, and it's got a, lo a lot of neat little hideaways and areas that you can explore on your own and then there's a little restaurant that's open seasonally over here that has some good down home cooking and just a neat little place to go as you work your way back up towards the hub you're going to come to uh pecos bills and to the outpost pin trading store this is one of the largest pin trading areas in Walt Disney World. So if you are a pin collector, this is going to be an area that you want to check out. 
you're also going to run into Country Bear Jamboree. It's one of uh, our family's favorite things to do to get out of the sun. And then you have a fast pass area over here. So what these areas are are going to be a bank of computer screens to where you can either update your fast passes or add that fourth, fifth, sixth fast pass as you're working through your day. It's basically a workaround if you don't want to use the My Disney Experience app or if your phone dies on you and you need to make some changes to your day um, fast pass wise. From there you see 37 and 36 are actually a different color. This is the Liberty Square area, and we're actually going to save this area for the next episode of this podcast, just because... The pro tip, you're not going to do Magic Kingdom in one day. We usually talk to our clients about doing Magic Kingdom in a couple of days, their first trip, just so they can experience as much as possible without running back and forth between the areas. This is the quintessential park at Walt Disney World. So you want to take your time, especially if you're wanting to enjoy the fireworks, parades, shows, everything else that's going around on around this park. It's going to take you a lot of time to get through. And normally... You're going to get through a couple of the lands, and that's going to be about it. So I'm going to bring Peter back on. So, Peter, do you have anything to wrap up this episode? Well, like you just got done saying, and I think it's a really important pro tip, you cannot do Magic Kingdom in a day. You just simply can't. Um, I see families all the time try to plan vacations with me, and they'll say, all right, we're going to do four days of park tickets. We're going to do one park per day. And I immediately stop them and say, actually, if you're going to do four days, how about you tell me which park you don't want to go to? Because you really need two days in Magic Kingdom. If you try to hit Magic Kingdom in a day, you're going to get done and you're going to go, wow, we didn't even get to a quarter of it. There are so many things you don't see. There's so many experiences you don't do. The best thing you can do in Magic Kingdom is do kind of what Matt and I are doing with these podcasts. Plan a day where you hit the three lands that we just talked about Get your fast passes on Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain. Check out those adventure quests, plan some meals, see everything, watch the parade, watch the fireworks, and then hit a second day over in the other parts of Magic Kingdom that we're going to be talking about next. If you go into Magic Kingdom without a plan or trying to do it all in one day, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get exhausted, and you're going to leave feeling kind of defeated almost yeah so you just kind of do that you're gonna run back and forth from land to land to land and you're gonna lose so much time just running back and forth that it's it's really gonna ruin your day absolutely absolutely so i think that about does it for this episode so i want to thank everybody for uh watching us today um peter you got a outro for us uh no thanks a lot for watching and uh as always Feel free to uh, contact us if we can help you, whether it's just to ask some questions or if you want to take on the brunt of the planning, we're happy and here to help. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye now.